0: Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. This is Alia and Ellie, and we are the Queer Arabs. I'm Saudi American and a lesbian. I
1: am bi trans Lebanese and recording in America and And
0: in Saudi Arabia. Ranin, thank you so much for being here. Hey
2: everybody, I'm Ranin. I'm so excited to be here too.
0: We appreciate this so much. We've been excited for a while. Um, You're our first guest we've ever had in Saudi Arabia, so it's my honor. You're an art curator, is that correct? Yes, I am. Awesome. And how did you get into that? Funny story,
2: actually. I just fell into
0: it, really. I noticed that there was a need and there was a gap
2: in the art scene, and I wanted to fill it. And so I just started organizing events and helping artists do the things that they wanted to do. And I didn't realize that there was actually a, a term or a a job description for that, you know, that that people did. And it just turned out that uh, uh, there are other people in the world that kind of do the same things that I did and they're getting paid to do it. And uh, I started following that path. I just really fell into it. I was privileged enough to grow up in an artistic community. And like my mom's an artist and she really supports the art and she has dedicated a little space to local artists. And I would just help her by like serving tea and coffee in the space at gallery openings and derives and stuff like that. And then I started getting to know the artists and learning more about them. And then I started wanting to support artists that I like. And that's how I fell into it.
0: Curated exhibits in Saudi Arabia? Yes, of course. I've been
2: doing it since 2012 uh, in my own space. And also I freelance curate in other spaces as well. Um, Oh, cool.
1: Yeah. When you were growing up and uh, when you started actually cura- curating, uh, what was the art scene like in Saudi Arabia? What, it, like, what, was, this, what was shown usually?
2: Um, so in the beginning, uh, it was really abstracted work. So you would see a lot of work that was mostly dependent on colors, geometric patterns, um, uh, Arabic calligraphy. Uh, and that was a big trend. And it still is a very uh, important way of expressing Uh, In Saudi Arabia and especially in the eastern province. Yeah. There was, of course, the traditional artists that would do like um, cubist artwork or landscape painting, watercolors, portraits. Uh, It's only recently that people have started experimenting with sculpture, uh, contemporary installations, video. It's I can say I've only started seeing that in the past four years. Oh, very recent. Okay, so yeah, basically really like, different
0: mediums. is the human form being used more and more?
2: Definitely. It's definitely something that's more normalized. Um, I think it was just uh, because of society pressures that it was kind of taboo and unwanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over time, it started off with abstracted forms. So you could definitely see that there was a body in this artwork, but uh, it wasn't obvious. Yeah. Um, it wasn't an actual like like there wasn't like curves or anything like that, but right. uh, again, in the last four years, I've been seeing it more and more starting with like facial features, then moving on to like body features. It's definitely something that's was more accepted, and then recently that that whole uh taboo has been lifted
1: uh, yeah wow um what, what it's were
2: still you? it's still not everywhere. I would definitely say that this is in the major cities i and, and it is very like a small percentage of society. It's not um, a big percentage of society that accept and are into art, but in those art circles, it's more and more
1: accepted. Uh, who comprises the artists in your communities? Like uh, what kind of families do they come from? What kind of styles are they adopting now? Aside from, well, aside from what you just described, sorry.
2: For for the most part, especially in the Eastern province where I grew up and where I'm from, artists are from art, like uh, usually have art artists as parents, or writers, or somebody that's somehow creative in a way, you see it more in the and and Sehat and areas that are like uh, have a more Shia community. They have, because they're I, I don't know somehow because they're more oppressed or they're more they respect arts because of their beliefs yeah. more. So you see it more in their communities, uh, and it's accepted more as a as a as a job and not just a hobby. So you'll see more artists in these communities. Okay. Um, and then from if the other side of society, which is like the Sunnah society, artists are they usually take it as a side job or, you know, like after work, they'll usually have a day job. And it's uh, something that they really have to fight with their parents or, you know, make sure that their yeah. parents want them to make sure that they have a stable life. All and right. this is not, any; they're not depending on this for income. So then it becomes less like you have less focus on your craft. And so you really can't achieve as much as you would if you work full time comprised of just doing art. Oh um,
0: my God. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. So. So yeah, and, yeah. So does this
1: Lisbon uh, does this limit the artists coming into the scene to mostly um, upper class families, or are they coming out of all parts of society?
2: I can definitely say that in the non Shia parts of society, they are mostly upper class like if you look at Riyadh and Jidda mostly I can't say everybody and I can't even give a percentage because I don't know but I feel like the artists that are in that go to study at least the ones that go to university are definitely from a privileged class uh, whose parents allow them to go study art, which is unheard of. And then that trickles down where other less privileged communities do have artists coming out of them, but they're anomalies. Like they're not the norm. A smaller percentage of that show at galleries because showing at galleries is all about your connections, your network, who you know, even internationally. So it's you see that very much over here and you see this kind of um, disenfranchise, disenfranchised disenfranchised group of artists that are not as privileged that don't get the same opportunities
0: um have you heard of an organization called edge of arabia by any chance yeah oh, okay course. have you been involved in, at all with them
2: i know the founders and employees oh, cool. I, it's definitely important part of saudi art history saudi contemporary art history their existence uh, and like I would say responsibility really changed a lot of how the art market works in Saudi Arabia. But yeah, did you have a question about?
0: Well, yeah, so I first heard of Edge of Arabia a few years ago. They had an exhibit here in Houston, Texas, and I felt like it was it was really cool to see in this context, like see um, people who had no knowledge of Saudi Arabia or just like very you know, very specific stereotypes go into the art space and be so shocked. I was there and I saw so many people shocked by how many amazing artists there are in Saudi Arabia who are expressing, you know, openly expressing what's inside of them. And it was just really cool to see those reactions. And so I'm wondering, outside of Saudi Arabia, when you've seen people look at Saudi work have you seen reactions like that
2: Mm, definitely I feel like there's this first of all like there's two sides to it from the edge of Arabia side I feel like they choose work that elicits that kind of reaction Mm -hmm. you know like they want the work to say look at Saudi Arabia we're so cool and different you didn't know that about us (laughs) yeah which is fine it's a message. It's definitely a curatorial concept that they want to display. And at the same time, uh, I feel like there's like an ignorance about the capabilities and, you know, knowledge of uh, the Saudi citizens. No, they don't even have to be actually like Saudi citizens, I guess, people who live here. Right. Um that doesn't exist in places, especially like Houston, Um, even though, which is weird because there's so many Saudis in Houston, you know? I know. So it's just really odd for me to be like, really, this is like strange for you? This is so
0: normal.
1: Well, (laughs) yeah, it's it's weird too, because we're such an international city and... Like, we barely know anyone who is Saudi, aside from Alia here, who's, like, out about it, you know? Or well,
0: the the only Saudis I've met here, and that that's partially my fault. I mean, I, I've seen Saudi men at this one Starbucks and it's always like (laughs) a specific type of Saudi that I'm like I don't want to really interact with you.
2: Of course I'm sure Houston is full of those.
0: Yeah but I'm sure there's really awesome Saudi folks here and I just haven't gotten to gotten connected with them.
2: Yeah I know I know plenty I can introduce you. Yeah I would love that. I would love that yeah. because,
0: yeah, you know the type I'm talking
1: about. <laughs> Next time yeah. on the Saudi Art right. Art Podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you foresee staying in Saudi Arabia? Or are there any plans for you to travel?
2: There's definitely a plan for me to take a break. You know, like I want to like, yeah. I want to like explore something new. I've, been, I've lived in Saudi Arabia my whole life and I want to be exposed to like different communities and different mindsets stuff that i don't find here or that i find in very like closed subcultures Mm
1: -hmm.
2: um i want to have conversations about whatever i want without being afraid of who's listening or what's happening around me who's there you know Uh, yeah yeah, there's just like simple stuff that you take uh, you take for granted when you're outside of saudi arabia outside of countries like this where you have to be careful of society and what they think about you and Your reputation and all of those kind of things. So, there's definitely this like need to also support what I'm doing with a master's degree somehow. You know, I feel like, yeah, I feel like my peers uh all have studied and then gone into the the workforce and i've just fell into it so there's like this like not inferiority but the struggle with do i need to study so that i can be taken seriously kind of situation
1: do you feel Uh, that's self-imposed or just or pure imposed
2: i think it's self-imposed but also i feel like i can see the kind of opportunities that they get that are
0: different from the ones that i get
2: yeah and yeah I hear you and and so I just feel like that's something that I want to explore
0: from what I understand, you've lived in the u s before or just like short periods of time?
2: I've done like short stints, like a month, two months you know oh, for, okay. uh, for
0: like a course
2: or um
0: yeah you
2: know, or a workshop or a summer oh, okay. program
0: yeah, where in the u s have you spent time in?
2: um so I did some uh art management courses in new York um mm-hmm. So I spent like two months there and I spent some time in California because I had family there. And so oh, cool. I just hung out with them really and just did random stuff with them.
0: But I haven't really spent
2: more than a month and a half in the States.
0: Okay. Are you, do you feel like you're more, you like the West Coast or the East Coast better from what you've seen?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. I guess as the, the more... Liberal the city is the better. I don't really, it doesn't really matter okay, where I am, yeah. but I prefer uh, warmer weather, so that's why I would pick the the west coast. I, I love
0: California. Yeah,
1: but I'm
2: just like it's so I don't know. Maybe I need like a smaller smaller town because LA is really scary.
0: Um, yeah, it's overwhelming.
1: LA is scary to me too. So it's yeah. not just you.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so terrifying. I spent like a week over there, and I was like, oh.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so LA. Yeah, I, I just that seems to be the easiest decision to make because my partner is in the movie business, Uh-oh. and what? so yeah, so it just
0: makes sense
2: for us to be there because I can pursue art and he can pursue
0: acting that's so cool okay yeah la would definitely make sense then i love la i like the as the aspect of it where there are definitely communities within la and i mean it it can feel like a bunch of small towns put together right 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 right, so i do like that aspect
1: um when you i was wondering when you're presenting yourself to these outside outside of saudi arabia art communities do you feel any resistance to your entry as both an outsider and specifically a saudi outsider i mean do they they... because
2: i don't introduce myself as such they kind of get to know me as me before putting a label on like my identity my my nationality my you know all of that kind of stuff um and i kind of blend in like i have this like very ambiguous face like nobody knows what i am and i say what in a very like
0: yeah (laughs) i know you get to way you get to
1: america and you're ambiguous ambiguously brown yes i I know the feeling
0: there's a podcast (laughs) called ethnically ambiguous and i think that we definitely fall under that
2: yes exactly ethnically ambiguous when i'm in when i'm in like north africa i kind of like
0: blend in there when i'm
2: in the states I kind of blend in there so it's just very like confusing for everybody.
0: Yeah, I don't know about you, but I've definitely and I've heard this from other Saudi women in the US. Up until you say that you're Saudi, people will be like, "Oh my god, you're you're so exotic, blah blah blah." And then when you say you're Saudi, they're like their face gets like really <laughs> like changes. I don't know what what it is. But like I've had these guys, like these guys who were hitting on me and they were like, "Oh, you must be Brazilian." And I was like, well, I'm actually part half Saudi. And their faces went did a 180. They looked, like, so horrified.
2: <laughs> yeah, I definitely experienced very similar things to that because they just don't expect you to... And it's definitely because of, like forced assimilation and colonialism and all of this stuff where i have this accent and i speak english perfectly and all of those kind of things yeah and i don't conform to what they think saudi women are supposed to look like and dress like and spend like and you know eat right. like so right. it's it's just very shocking for them to have their like um image shattered yes yeah so yeah that's the, the stereotype image of like this like princess saudi girl walking exactly
0: um
1: any fun stories about that
2: (laughs) yeah uh i I can't i just it's just it happens so often nothing really sticks out in my head because it's it's every time i introduce myself to someone it's like what really no way what do you think about jamal Khashoggi? oh my god yes
0: i don't know it's not like, it's bad
2: like what do you want me to think i know
0: i actually had someone um which i thought was weird because i have never even lived in saudi whatever i had a a woman ask me your or say to me your people your people are crazy when she was talking about Khachoji and and i didn't know how to respond to that i mean i know the situation's terrible but i don't know what else it's like what to do you say expect, like what do you expect me to do about that right? yeah exactly and yeah. And the Why people, are you attacking
2: me with this question?
0: I know, and it's like the people who did it, I don't consider them my people. But anyway, that's that's a, an aside. It,
2: but it's basically painting us all with this brush about we have to be responsible for whatever anybody does in this country, you know? It's like, no, you know, like some people are bad, some people are good and that happens everywhere and like yeah. shit goes down everywhere and it's not fair to expect me to have an opinion about everything like i don't want to put on the spot i'm here to have a drink and have a good time yeah i don't want to be interrogated about policy yeah and have to like i don't want to i don't want to be i don't want to lie i don't want to be a liar yeah Yeah. exactly and be like no everything's great and we're amazing fuck you i can't (laughs) i can't do that but that's what my initial reaction is instantly because i'm like who are you to judge me like go away
1: exactly
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, It's impossible to always be in the mood to get in these intense political discussions. Like we're human. We're all human. We we can't do that 24-7. Speak
1: for yourself. I'm all about that. (laughs) So let me tell you what I think about this invasion thing.
0: Okay, Ellie, Okay, Ellie, you're the one exception. No,
2: no, no. I definitely have my moments. (laughs) <laughs> but also, yeah. it's about like where we are, who we're around. Do I even know you? Is this the first time I'm meeting you? Like, definitely, I'm gonna just straight out tell you in your face, like, I, I don't give a shit. You know, like, don't talk to me about this. It's not, it's yeah. not, it's not my thing. Like, please, it's not the time and the place. I don't want to be put in a bad in a dark place or in a bad mood. Yeah. And it's just, it's 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 because every like i have to say season, there's somebody or something that's going on that I have to have an opinion about. Uh, so that's the kind of rhetoric that I keep getting every time some people find out that I'm a Saudi. It's like, oh, well, what do you think about that? What do you it's think like, okay. about,
0: yeah, what do you think? Or like, oh my God, you must be so happy about women driving, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, Can my. we talk about something else? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. And I've heard similar things. I don't know if you've heard of, um, have you heard of the magazine Jahanamia? Yeah, of course. Okay, yeah. I've heard the the person who started it, Ahad, like she's said similar things. So it's kind of validating to hear we're all kind of... Um, In the same boat.
1: Definitely. Yeah, because yeah, like even though we like know all about Saudis like well publicized bad shit, it's just like they're... I th- feel like they get so much shit for it um, solely because it's like the publicized bad shit, you know? Like, um, nowadays, you hear about China's internment concentration or re-education camps, depending on who you ask. But we don't hold every Chinese person responsible. We don't ask every person who looks vaguely Asian. It's like, oh, what do you think of this?
2: Exactly. Uh, I mean, it gets really tiring at some point and uh, exhausting because you're having to deal with it in your own communities because that's all you're talking about. You know, mm-hmm. when you're at home with your friends, or you know, when you're at a gathering, or you 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 try to avoid it, but it ha- it just happens to be what what's on everybody's minds, and so that's what you discuss. Yeah. And, and so it just gets exhausting when you're like on a vacation or with people that you don't know, and you're just like, okay, we're gonna talk. I'm gonna learn something today. And you're not. You're having to teach people things, and it's just like, oh, so I don't want to do this. That anymore.
1: or like, that or you're like at dessert and, or dinner at dessert, and you're like, bitch, I am trying to eat this cake. <laughs>
0: exactly <laughs> It's exhausting yeah. I, I hear you um, I think there's only so much everyone can say at every in every environment and feel safe talking about it especially like if you don't know if you can trust the person or trust the people asking
1: or if they're gonna like willfully misinterpret it it's just yeah yeah, yeah. yeah
0: because, because you do feel a responsibility
2: and you do feel like I need to I need to be a good person ambassador right what my what these people think about my country or like my identity I want them to know that there there's all kinds of subcultures in my culture it's not just the papers that everybody writes about us and what they see in the news which is like the basis of every single other you know
0: for sure that's a good point yeah it's a good way to put it
1: I feel like a lot of it is U.S. based propaganda as well but you know that's just me
0: (laughs) That's one reason I'm really glad to do this episode. I don't know. It's it's just a reminder, like, just talk to people from a place that you have any conceptions about. Just talk like humans. Um, It doesn't always have to be about... Exactly. It's not all one dimensional. So you travel around to different parts of Saudi for various art, like to interact with various art circles? Yes.
2: Yes, all the time.
0: That's awesome. And are those circles pretty separate from each other? In some
2: ways, in some ways. Um, Yeah. There are experiences that bring people together, like big shows in in the cities that commission artists or ask artwork from artists from all over the country. Um, Okay. But for the most part, the circles are separate. And in the circles, there are circles. Like there's the art circle and then there's the the fancy art circle there's the governmental art circle that are supported by the gov and you know there's like different sections also to that which is weird but somehow there are some events that bring everybody together and and there's one big one um that's happening next week called 2139 it's uh it's uh like an art week And uh, they do, like, a big show and the whole city goes into art mode and all the galleries put on stuff and there's, like, public work. There's workshops and um, talks and everybody's trying to get in on the action. International people are given visas and invited to come and see all the action. Again, it is uh, kind of like the same message that edge of edge of arabia puts on which is like look at us we're amazing Um, yeah
0: yeah (laughs) uh,
2: because they you really have to control the narrative that you're trying to you know give out to the public every year it gets more and more interesting because people get braver uh to talk about uh, different topics because you know like i said it's only been a very short period of time where people have had the courage to speak out about a lot of different topics. Mm -hmm. So you see that happening with every iteration, you see a little bit more courage. Um, Do you think this is pushing
1: uh, pushing out these new ideas into society or do you think it sort of stops at the city border or stops at the end of the art circle? Like how much influence do you feel this has outside of the immediate art world?
2: I'm gonna say something really cliche, but the internet really helps. Like, the, yeah. I think 98% of, Sa- I don't know, some above 90% of Saudi population have a smartphone. Yeah. And that population is very much connected to every single, um, you know, it's not just Instagram and Facebook and it's not, it's not just the, the big ones. It's like TikTok and
0: oh, like right. WeChat right. and
2: Azar and all the different apps. They're everywhere. They're on yeah. it. It's a, there's a lot more exposure uh, nowadays to to what's happening in every city, yeah. and if you just follow key people that are invited or that are um, you know uh, social, uh, mm-hmm. not just social media but social social. Um, then you get it you, you get to see everything anywhere
0: are there any specific artists that you want to mention
2: uh i'm really proud of a few people that are really pushing boundaries so uh, there's one artist her name is arwan naimi uh she is just fabulous she's always doing something crazier than the next she's always changing her medium to become more and more explorative mm. into uh, into her society she's very concerned about because she's from Abha she's from this from the south west oh, okay. yeah so she really digs deep into that like she's not really trying to talk about Saudi as a whole or us as a total community no she's like this is what I know this is what yeah. I'm going to do work about um, and so that gives her an edge there's Besma, Besma she's from Jeddah and she's from a very different class than uh, most of the artists in jeep But what makes her, uh, what gives her that edge is that her mom is super supportive with whatever she wanted to do. And she started doing graphic design at the age of 13. Cool. And she wow. worked with a lot of really awesome companies. And then when she wanted to apply for her uh, university, uh, they told her, you can just do your master's right away. You have enough experience in the art scene. Because she got into doing art and she got into uh, creating work and participating in art shows and all of those kind of things. And so she just skipped her bachelor's degree and went straight on to her master's. Whoa, that's
1: kind of mind-blowing. Oh, my
2: God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's crazy. Uh, um, but, but there's like a few. Uh, these are my, I, I don't want to say favorite, but they're the closest to my heart at the moment. And uh, But yeah, Person. shout out to best man at all. <laughs> nice. Wow. Oh, and 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 Sara Abu Abdullah. Oh, Sara Abu Abdullah is her. she's a wonderful experimental artist that does like video installation, um very interesting sculptural work that like people don't like I don't know, it's like a in between a sculpture and an installation. Um, she's from the Eastern Province, she's from Qatif. And she has such a different narrative than anybody else and she's really experimental. And her thing is, like, I'm going to apply to as many residencies and workshops as I can outside of Saudi so I can get exposed to all the information that I can have yeah. and the network that I can get. And um, she's succeeding at doing that. She shows and, and she her, her last art show was in South Korea. She did some stuff Whoa. in Amsterdam. She's, she did something in Sweden. Like, she's always, like,
0: showing somewhere Ooh. or the other. She's fascinating. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I'll... I have to follow. I have to follow all of them.
1: We're going to have to post some links, aren't we? <laughs>
0: I'll send everything to you. That would be awesome. Thank you. Oh, oh I'm excited um, to hear about them. Are you going to be involved in the 2139? Is that what it was?
2: Uh, I do every year, but uh, yeah. uh, this year I'm kind of taking a break and a step back. I had a really you know, hard 2018, and I wanted to just like give myself this time off.
0: Yeah. We get to it. Re- reflect, yeah. Totally understand. Like,
1: everyone's 2018 that we know has been in an utter trash fire, so...
0: <laughs> I know. I don't know what it was. About oh, that I know exactly <laughs> what it was. Oh. <laughs> well. Yeah. Are you talking about, like, U.S. US uh, administration stuff or other...
1: Yes and yes.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. That it definitely... definitely
2: affected everybody's mood. That's yes. Sure.
1: <laughs> It felt like the longest year i have it really
2: was a long year it really was like if i i was looking at i was doing like uh i think everybody did this like what i did in 2018 on instagram Uh huh. I was like, "Shit, man!"
0: (laughs) You're like, "What am I gonna show here?" Um, that's not dark.
2: (laughs) I was just looking at all my pictures. I was like, "I did." I thought I, you know, I just I I just forgot that this is what I did in April. You know, I was like, "God, that feels like five years ago."
0: Oh, because it was forever
1: ago. Yeah, yeah. I felt the same way. It was like, so, you know, it's hard to remember. But we weren't even doing this podcast till March.
0: Oh. I know it feels like we've been doing this podcast for so long, but we started in, in 2018 in like the end of March, but it feels like forever.
1: Cause it's, it's like shit. How many years have we? Oh, not even one. <laughs> not even one. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> almost one. Yeah. almost Almost one
0: almost a year old um right now as we're recording i'm wearing my t-shirt that says 2016 sucked and i feel like i need to update it
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you can just make a little circle i'll have to add a circle yeah
0: (laughs) in new york were you involved in curating any exhibits and also in california uh no no i
2: just i i just immersed myself in everything that existed Really, I just wanted awesome. to make like cool friends, cool like brown friends. Yeah. Uh, let's like like get immersed in because for some somehow you get stuck in like white communities, and I really wanted to be in like American people of color community. And I succeeded in finding really awesome people in New York and really awesome in in LA. And and so that was the last few years. That was what I was working on, just like making this interesting community that I can somehow relate to if I ever decide to come over there you know I have I have a I have peeps yeah Um, but that's what I did I did do a a few courses like I said in New York those were intensely beneficial I enjoyed every single minute of them that's
0: awesome
2: because there was one in particular that I really liked that I would recommend to anybody that's interested in learning about art not just if they want to work in it and it's an art history course that's two weeks long only. One week you're in a classroom, and the next week, and then sorry, one day you're in a classroom, and the next day you're actually in a museum looking at what you learned about.
0: So, oh, that is really, yeah, that's really. So, yeah. you just
2: get exposed instantly to whatever you learned in a textbook, and it just sticks in your brain and it just never leaves.
0: Yeah, there's something powerful about. Seeing the work after you know so much about the artist, and, and so. New York
1: is a really convenient city for that.
0: Yes, it is. <laughs> that is the magic of New York. It's the, there's so much and it's so dense in in a very small space. So everything is there.
1: It's a very small town for a very large town. Yes. Uh, did we lose you? Uh
0: oh, Jeanine. I think we lost her. Here, let's call her right back. One second. Okay, we're going to take a little pause. We'll be back. Okay. Hey, we're back. So sorry, guys. Oh, not your fault. Not your fault. Totally understand. Internet is can be lame. It is. Yeah. It's um, unpredictable.
2: Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Um. So just for fun, can you tell? Can you tell us about like your favorite foods in Saudi Arabia?
2: So my my family is actually half Indian. Whoa. Oh cool. In, in many in many ways. So my mom is Indian and my, my dad's also half Indian. So at home we don't really eat a lot of sad stuff. We yeah. eat a lot of Indian stuff. Oh yum. <laughs> but it's uh it's it's exciting sometimes to get out of that bubble and get some local food. But there's definitely there is like a like a like a dumpling. I would say that's mm-hmm. called Mantu ment- and it's probably from Uzbekistani immigrants that came to Saudi Arabia, yeah, um, and Chinese immigrants that came to Saudi Arabia, but so they make it with like more Arabian spices, and uh, it's really good. What sauces?
0: <laughs> what sauce is it, it eaten with?
2: It's like a vinegar, vinegar sauce, like a vinegar with chili in it Ooh. sauce, and sometimes like a like a salsa also oh, so depending okay. on your taste
0: yeah
2: um but that's one of my favorite things to eat there's also something that's really bad and really fatty but also very good it's like rice that's been cooked forever and like chicken stock it sounds oh, uh-huh. weird is it like a good. rice
1: pudding almost uh,
2: uh, uh, no it's just it's regular rice but instead of putting water you put chicken stock, chicken
0: oh,
1: stock. Cool. so
2: it gives it like this like extra flavor and it's just so much butter so rich (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's like shiny i have to i i i I eat it as a treat every once in a while oh yeah
0: uh, it sounds really good right
2: now yes it's it's bukhari rice and Mantu is my fave Mantu. Um, those are the local eats and then there's something called matabag and matabag is like um a Yemeni dish it sleeps into Saudi culture because of how many Yemenis there are here. Yeah. Uh but it's like a a crispy crepe with like egg in it and some sometimes cheese, sometimes cream,
0: sometimes Ooh, bananas. Yeah. But it's really good also. Oh, so it can be savory or sweet. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Um and then and I love that at home you get kind of a fusion. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What um what region of India?
2: My mom and dad are both from Bombay. Mumbai. Oh, okay. Bombay. So like more south. The, yeah, that's where. Yeah, it's it's like, south. Yeah. It's like south. southish West. Yeah. On, yeah. The, on the west coast.
0: So it's like spicy. It's pretty spicy.
2: Yeah, but my mom's family are weird. They don't like a
0: lot of spicy food. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs>
2: So we we do is spices, but it's not spicy.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, my family has that bad habit of defying custom as well. My family like Lebanese and Arabic cooking is widely known for having tons of garlic in it. However, um, my family hates garlic. And oh, I had discovered on my own. I
0: know. Isn't that blasphemy?
1: <laughs> like they they wanna so have they 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 make hummus without garlic.
0: i'm so confused it's upsetting it's a little upsetting (laughs) we need our tomb
2: exactly yeah there's this place in jidda called al Uh and it's uh it's just a fried chicken place like there's nothing special about it but they have this tomb sauce so uh, so the same sauce that you get with like kebab and stuff like that the really like frothy white like rich garlic sauce but it's uh it's just like as like it like how you would get barbecue sauce you know at mcdonald's yeah. the same in like a little like plastic container oh, with like a yeah. foil on top and it just comes with everything so it just makes everything better <laughs> <sighs>
0: that sounds like heavenly
1: uh I- Definitely something American cuisine needs to adopt.
0: <laughs> no kidding. Um thank you so much, Ranin. You're amazing. I really No, oh, you guys are amazing, really. You are. I really enjoyed just hearing about the art scene in Saudi Arabia. I think it's really important to hear more than what the for example, Edge of Arabia has a good purpose, but it's just nice to hear about everything the, else. Everything else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot more. That's just a just the surface. Thank you. And uh, we will be publishing this on February 8th. So. Okay, cool. Uh, Thank yeah. you, guys. If people want to reach you, like social media, any any specific I- way.
2: Instagram is the best way. I'll send you my Instagram and then uh, okay. everybody that I spoke about Instagram also. Perfect. Okay.
0: Would you ever be interested in doing an Arabic episode at some point? Oh, that would be so much fun. Wow. Oh, thank you. That would...
1: We'll go bother Ahmed.
0: Yeah, we have another co-host. His name, is, his name is Ahmed, and he does the Arabic side of the podcast. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That would be wonderful. That would be so fun, honestly. I'd love to do that.
1: So Arabic episode coming soon. Watch out for it. And
0: and thank you all so much for listening. Thank you guys for listening.
1: Yeah. Bye. Bye, all
0: Bye. I really enjoyed talking to Ranine. Um, she's awesome.
1: She's awesome. And we're glad to have such a cool guest, as always.
0: It's really nice to hear about the art scene in Saudi that is lesser known, I would say. I mean, like we talked about, there's like Edge of Arabia. It's nice to hear about the smaller circles around the country and uh, what people are doing.
1: Because not all the news can be about the government of Saudi Arabia.
0: It's nice to talk about that. This aspect. You can reach us at thequeerarabs at gmail dot com if you want to get in touch with us, or on social media, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. We're all at Arabs And then Ahmed, our other co-host, leads an Arabic side of the podcast. Um, He has episodes in Arabic. You can get in touch with him also through social media or through his email address, which is thequeerarabsinarabic at gmail.com. And I also want to mention it's really important and helpful if you can leave a review and rating on iTunes for the podcast. It makes it a lot easier for people to find the podcast. It yeah, it's a-
1: that it helps that search engine magic. It does. Uh, Ser- like seriously. It
0: really helps. And it helps it, the podcast be accessible to more and more people. So. I mean, it
1: doesn't even have to be like, you don't have to write an essay on it. It's just be like, yeah, these fuckers are all right.
0: Exactly. You can just be like, this is good. Done. You know, it doesn't have to take that long. Or, or if you're a little <laughs>
1: critical, you can be like, they're not awful.
0: How not awful we are. Tell
1: us how wonderfully mediocre we are.
0: Or that. Yeah, I'll take whatever. (laughs) Anyway, thank you all so much. um, And we will be back next Friday, as always. Later.
1: Later.